Hey everybody, it's your girl Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, by way of Willow, Glassboro, New Jersey. You guessed it, right here on BlackSidRadio.com. Bang, bang. How y'all doing? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. Glad you asked. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, it's been a good week. Um, uh, we got some big announcements coming up. Hopefully, by the next time I air. I will be making more announcements about some of our upcoming news. Um, and in the meantime, I'm here today and I'm going to be talking with Deborah Samuels. And Deborah, I haven't found her on Facebook. I'll tell you, social media, you know, I see some people, they just open up their accounts. And it's like, I just opened up the account because they needed to be connected. There's a lot of people that don't want to be connected to social media, and I totally understand it. Sometimes I wish I didn't have to be so connected, if you know what I mean. But, you know, social media has built my businesses, every single one of them. And so it is part of my function as a CEO of Black Expats in Panama and other things that I do. But, you know, it really has its benefits. I've met some of the nicest people, you know, and, um, you know, one day I happened to catch one of Deborah's live videos, honey, and baby, she was downsizing, preparing to move to Coruscant. And um, she was just, you know, moving about, trying to get things done. But it was so significant because it was her in that moment. It was her in that moment. And I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you again and again and again, it's a couple things that you really need to consider and get moving on if you want to make that relocation, that, that journey, that transition. First of all, you got to have your passports. So if you don't have your passports, your family don't have their passports, then grandbabies don't have their passports, please consider putting that up on your list, okay? So that you have the option to make some of these moves and explore some of these options, um, some of these international op opportunities. And then the other thing is start downsizing now. When my girlfriend said to me, you know, that she was gonna, she was gonna start her downsizing um, transition like three years in advance, I chuckled. Then I thought about that. <laughs> And for me, who recently went through a downsizing process, it can be overwhelming um, and it can be a lot. So please do yourself a favor, get that passport and just start getting rid of things now so that when you get ready to go, it's one less stressor for you. So there you have it. That is my tip for the day. I ain't got no more time to sit and chit and chit chat and smile, baby, because, you know, me and Deborah. Finna go at it, and I, we both talkers. So I, I got, I got to try to be quiet to let this sister tell her story. But I'm telling you, she is about one of the most engaging, entertaining, smart sisters I've met in a while. Because she's very wise, um, and that that comes across a lot. Very wise, very authentic, very true to herself. Which you know what? When people like that, you either love it or not. Don't matter. They're going to be who they are. And I, and I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I'd rather deal with a person that, um, you know, maybe is not somebody that I would maybe be like or somebody that um, I might like everything about them. I've had people that I, I like them. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I've had people that I didn't like that much, but I respected them because they just were who they were. 
That's it, period, end of story. That's all I got to say about that. So anyway, I'm about to bring this authentic sister on. You know the deal, hang tight for just a moment. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, by way of Glasgow, New Jersey, right here on BlackShipRadio.com, and I will be right back. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama, and I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right, our BEEP community platform, or BCP, that can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says join the community. There you will find businesses, groups, as members, you'll be um, privy to events. You can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well, and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you. with Deborah Samuels. Hi, Deborah. Hey there, Charlotte. Good morning. How are you? I am doing wonderful, my love. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I have told the audience a little bit about you, but I nobody can tell us about you like you can tell us about you. So go on and introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from and okay. how you ended up on this expat journey. My name is Deborah Samuels. Uh, as a matter of fact, Fredericksburg, Virginia, where I hear you were not too far from me mm-hmm. in Woodbridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So um, to say this, this journey has been a very long journey. A lot of people don't know. I started leaving the USA back in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. I went to Germany. I had a friend sent for me. And I left but I had young children and I just went through a divorce. And the kids thing was, Ma, if you and dad can't live in the same house, can you please live in the same state? So after after five months in Germany, I started feeling guilty and I came back home. Uh Yeah. So my goal was once my youngest turned 18, I was back out of the USA. Well, life has a way of doing things. She had babies and she needed me to stay and help. But I also fell in love with the love of my life. And they didn't want to live outside the USA. So I am apt to stay in the United States, but never lost that dream Mm. of living away. Mm-hmm. You had that bug by then. Oh my gosh! It was it. I went to Germany, like I said, early '80s, and that just never left me. I was I was totally happy at here with my partner, mm-hmm. but I still longed to live away. Mm-hmm. So I then one day I'm going to live outside the USA. So what happened? Technology. 
Mm -hmm. So right. her and I agree. Hey, I can at least go away for two to three months as long as I check in like this. Right, right. And she would come for about three, four weeks and stay wherever I went. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going back to the States. So, okay. And mm -hmm. um, I need to do this. We were on vacation in Atlanta and she died five years mm -hmm. ago. So at this point, I'm like, kids are grown. You're single. Mm -hmm. Before you get in a relationship, you better get the hell out of the USA. I, I long to live outside the USA. So I um, prepared myself. I um, real estate agent, started putting a little money away. Um, when, it got, when I got real serious, I told my daughter, who's my broker, put my house on the market. I'm selling the house. And they went ballistic. Like, it wasn't are you ready. Oh, they weren't ready for mama to leave. You know, mm -hmm. I'm giving up the family house. Uh, my son's like, Ma, I'm sick. I'm like, so am I. And <laughs> I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave while I can. Yeah. You know, you know a lot of people have to make that choice. A lot of people have to make that choice. And I know that when I one of the well, I, I had connected with you on social media at some point, but I just can remember this particular day catching your live. Tell us about that day when you were going live and you were you were actually moving from the house that day. You were, okay. you were you were decluttering. You were decluttering. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I left a house of four thousand square feet. Which died. I left that house. We left. I left that home, and I decided that I knew I wasn't staying. I went to another house. I went and rented an apartment. Mm -hmm. Well, this apartment was eleven hundred square feet. I was like, how are you going to take four thousand square feet? To 1,100 well, square feet. You're going to take 4,000 and put it in 1,100 square feet. So I knew deep down inside, everybody thought I was grief giving. They kept saying I was, no. My plan was, I don't really need all this stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. So the time we, I started packing, I realized, we, I realized we had seven hammers. Seven hammers yeah. in the house. <laughs> Who Come needs on now. seven hammers? So it was time. So yeah. I do, you know, I, I, I went there. It's a cute apartment, not what I was used to, but it worked because I knew that was a stepping stone mm -hmm. to get outside the USA. Mm -hmm. But then I started getting sick again. How are you going to leave and you having heart trouble? It's like they got doctors and hospitals out the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't stay. Actually, yeah. I've done better mm -hmm. with my health since I left. Okay. Tremendously. Oh my God, I was leaving five suitcases. I was gonna leave with five suitcases. That was my limit, five suitcases and a book bag. And I kept looking around and saying, Deborah, it's just you. Mm -hmm. You don't need, so I got those five suitcases, make a long story short, down to two suitcases. That's and... hard. Yeah, oh my God. That's hard Charlotte, to do. Charlotte, it was very hard. I, Patricia and I was together for 30 years. So we collectively put stuff together and we bought a lot of stuff. Yeah. Deborah, I didn't realize I hadn't done the math. You guys were together that long. 30 beautiful freaking years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's significant. Yes. yes. And um, I was the one sick for the whole, pretty much the whole relationship. She took very good care of me. Mm -hmm. And then we went on vacation to Atlanta and she just didn't wake up one morning. She had a massive heart attack in her sleep. And um, 
needless to say, I was devastated. Yes. I, I, I came back home and I told the kids, it's too many memories. I just can't continue to live in this big house by myself. Yes. You know, I, you know, and then the kids wanted to move in. There was no reason to get rid of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. Love you guys dearly, but no. Yeah. Well, part of it might have been that they wanted, you know, that they knew you were devastated and heartbroken and, you know, they want to be be with you and look out for you. And they did. They did let me. And I understand now they realized I was going into a depression that I did. Yes. Yes. You know, and Mm -hmm. and they also pointed out to me I was very evil. They said I was mean. I was very snappy. And just what it was, Charlotte, I realized I call myself just shutting everybody out. I didn't want to feel. Yeah. That hurt was so bad, I didn't want to feel again. Yeah. I I had two, I had a great grandson born during that time, and it took me a minute to go see him. Because mm. I didn't want to get that. Well, you know, I mean, let's this, this just, you know, keep it real. It's like, you know, my mother passed um, back in 1987, and my mom was only 45 years old when she passed. Wow. Of course, it was, I know, of course, it was the, the biggest loss in my life um, up until now was losing mommy. But I always say, I've said it out loud so many times, Patricia, I'm so glad that mommy was sick and that even though we may not have been wanting to face the fact that she might not make it, it was always there. It was always that ever-present thing that you knew was a a good chance that mommy might not make it. I always say that if mommy left the house and just didn't come back, you know, like the sudden loss, like you have, I just think that loss, when it's sudden like that, is just compounded by a thousand times. Because it's so much unfinished business, and it's just it takes you. You, it your mind, you don't have time to process it. I didn't have time to process it. I got a phone call. Normally, Patricia and I never separate, but we went there to see my youngest granddaughter at the time graduate. She was going. She was graduating from high school in Atlanta, and she had got a scholarship to Clark University, and I was so excited for her, and. My thing was, nothing is going to stop me from going to that graduation. Nothing's going to stop me from having the funds. She wanted to go to Paris. She needed a passport. She needed all of this. And at the time, my daughter wasn't financially situated to do it all and take care of the other two daughters. So I'm like, I got this. Terry, you're going to Paris. You're going in style. And what else you want? Oh, you want the red iPhone? Anything you want, baby. You're not costing us any money for college. Right. Well, Charlotte, you know how they say we can make plans. And we watch words are very important. I kept saying nothing was going to stop me from being at my granddaughter's graduation. Because yeah. being sick, like I am, as you notice, mm-hmm. people were worried about me getting sick before I can make it to the graduation. Well, hospital robe on. I'm going to the graduation. Nobody's going to stop me. Well, that morning, Patricia died. I didn't make it to the graduation. Wow. Yeah. So I learned at that point, really, I knew words were powerful. Yeah. But I said yeah. nothing would stop me. You said you was not gonna test the universe like that again. No, wow. never again. I, I watched, yeah. I watched, I watched the words. So mm-hmm. um 
you know, I got, you know, going through that, I just said, I can't stay in the States any longer. So when I came across you, you know, I just want to, because, you know, me and you, we could, we could chat and I want to get, yeah. I want to get to yeah. some stuff. So when I came across you, <laughs> you, you was going in and out the house. You was just like, dude, I said, what is she doing? She's busy. And it was like, periodically, you would just stop and say, oh, what's that? And when you were having chest pains. And, um, <gasps> but you were, you were stressed out. And the point I want to make is that moving guys is very, very stressful. And when yes. you start downsizing, you know, uh, Patricia, we did the same thing. My husband and I, we had over a 6,000 square foot house. We downsized to, I think our first downsize to uh, a leased condo because we knew we were going to be transitioning out of the States and it was 1,500 square feet. So the downsize from over 6,000 to 1,500 was, uh, it was a production. And even with everything that we did, there was still a lot of excess. I never yeah. felt so free though when we moved to, I mean, just not having all of that. And um, then the, I wanted like a two or three year lease, wasn't able to get one. And the lady that we at least this condo from wanted to sell it. So we had to move again. Girl, we moved from, and I said, I'd rather move to an apartment where people don't have as much control over me having to move again. So, or like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not at the mercy of a private owner mm -hmm. that just goes default on the mortgage, which is what people were doing then. Or, um, you yeah. know, just decide they want to sell. So or we sell. had to again to 1,100 square feet. Oh, my gosh. And so I I know I know what you mean. Then we had a, 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 an offer that a, an amazing opportunity to own a store and a house. And we couldn't resist uh -huh. it. So we ended up buying again in the United States. And that's where my shop was. And the home was on top and everything like that. That was 2,700 square feet. So I stretched out again, and then yeah. day, when it came time to move, uh, this last time, I had a meltdown. Oh I my gosh. I had a meltdown. So, I had a few. Yeah, I had a few meltdowns that you probably didn't get to see on camera. Some people did get to see it on camera. Um. But with that meltdown, I didn't realize how much I was truly stressing, as you pointed. Yes. This can be stressful, but the beauty of it is, guys, once we get through it, yes, the rainbow, I mean, oh my God, I've never felt so free. Yes. We don't need all of this stuff that we have. You know, we haven't even said where you is at. So I'm oh. in Panama. Tell us where you are. Tell us where I, you ended up moving um, recently. I am moving to Carousel after going to Cartagena last year. I felt Cartagena was too busy for me and um, started studying this area. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted something smaller. I didn't want to move to no big tourist, you know, really, really mm -hmm. overwhelmed with tourist place, you know, and this just seemed to fit me. Well, I'm going on about nine weeks now. And because my wow. trips have been, I was supposed to go to Panama. I, I studied Panama more than I studied this area. Wow. Is you Panama, haven't been to Panama yet? No, not yet. But it's, 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 
I'm fortunate enough now. I've got a six month lease, and in six months, I'm out of here. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. My plan is like I tell people, Charlotte. They said, "What's your plan?" My plan is to live. Come on now. I decided to live. I, after the pandemic, after Patricia died, and then the pandemic, and watched so many family and friends dropped dead. You gotta see it. I said, all of this um, pressure we put on ourselves. Yes. But we're born, we were raised to not be indecisive. At least I was. You made yes. a decision, you have to do it. Yes. Well, my question now is, I can change my mind when I get ready. Come on now. Yes, you can, you can, you can change your mind, but you can, you can make a decision. You know, the other thing I want to point out, like, how old are you? I'm 66 years old. 66 years old, single black woman, left Virginia. And not a lot of money. I have no shame in that. Hey, you know what? That's what we need to know. And I love it when people are transparent because it's almost like going to church. You know, going to church and all them, you know, them them, them mothers of the church and, uh, you know, all these saved and holy and sanctified used to be hoes. <laughs> Uh, I but, said what yeah. I said, that yeah. you would never know, you know, people give you the impression that they so got it going on. And then like they don't struggle or they don't have like uh, financial issues or having to make hard decisions about money yeah. and things like that. And then you'll have that person sitting and listening, thinking, well, I mean, she got I'm it going, going on. You know, she right. was a big time realtor in in um, Virginia and you know, then they start, you know, counting, doing all these um, mental exercises and calculations about your money. And then they start thinking to themselves, well, she could do it, but I can't. So when right. you say so, that, yeah, okay, I may not be destitute, but we all have different situations that we're dealing with. And sometimes it don't matter how much money you have if that money is obligated. Yes. And that's why I'm so transparent because I've been around people that gave that persona like, and you start putting yourself there, you're like, oh, wow, I'm not good enough. I can't yeah. do this. But then when you find out their story, you're like, mm -hmm. they're in the same boat that mm -hmm. we are. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that's why I tell people, you know, I had some friends that tell me, you're too transparent. Being transparent, I'm a tough girl. I'm tough. I can deal with it. You know, so I tell people this story and they think I'm exaggerating. I had a wonderful geography teacher in the sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade, Miss Dickerson. We did a story on Guatemala. I lived in Guatemala in my head forever since sixth grade because the United States did not respect me. I knew that as a young girl. Wow. Born in the 50s, my grandmother would tell us when we street cookers downtown to DC, don't eyeball white people. That was devastating. I didn't learn how to shake hands until I got a grown woman. Wow. We, weren't taught, we weren't taught to do those things. Yes. You know, let me say, with Non-blacks, you know, yes. I, I was taught to kowtow. So they made it very hard in life. Until one day I just said, wait a minute. This is, you know, I had trouble. I got in trouble in school because I wouldn't do the Pledge of Allegiance. I honestly never felt, and there's no disrespect to the USA guys, please understand that. We all have our own spot. Yes. I didn't feel like they cared for me. They didn't respect me. I couldn't speak my mind. I had to shut up. Women were not allowed, especially black women. I was not allowed to be opinionated. I was aggressive as I was told. I just yeah. wanted, I just 
speak my mind. And you're probably your leader. You know, um, I I have, I have had some of the same issues too. Like growing up, um, I can remember not um, I can remember not pledging allegiance to the flag. And I tell you, when I stopped, when I saw roots, and this is oh, why they be talking that critical race theory stuff. They don't want that. They don't want these generations to know the truth. You know, they don't want um, because once I because I had never really known. A slavery story like uh, Alice Haley's roots. Yes. I, had, I was yes. born in 1964. And I guess it was just something that, I mean, I just can't ever remember having uh, a working knowledge of slavery until right. Alice Haley came out. And I must have been, I mean, that was in probably the late 70s. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was at least, I mean, I think I was at least in junior high when that came out. So. Um, I can be. I can remember not saluting the flag. I think I was in middle school. Um, Am I, Dr. King? And I always thought America was the greatest ever. I always say for me, I was just yeah. that, you know I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. You know, like you said, you felt that you know you lived in your mind in, in Guatemala in your mind. I think that's so interesting. I never paid attention in geography. You talked about your geography teacher. Yeah, never yes. paid attention in geography. You know, I'm 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 pretty ignorant about where things are in the world even today, to tell you the truth. But that's an interesting thing. So go ahead, I'm sorry. I just had an excellent teacher and she was a black teacher at that. And she brought in different I mean, it's a sixth grade, seventh grade experience. Mm -hmm. So I honor her a lot. So I started reading books on different countries. Wow. And I fell in love with the different I fell in love with the different color money. I just fell in love with the culture and I started seeing more of us in these places. And I just, like I said, I just never felt the USA was for me. You know, growing up in the time when Dr. King was right, the riots was going on, they killed Dr. King, murdered Dr. King and stuff. All that had a lot to do with me saying, I can't stay here. You know? Well, and, and, and I had a lot, I guess you were saying that there must be something different. Some of us take, a, a long time to get to that place. Right now, the Black Sip movement is that. It is people, you know, Black people recognizing that there must be something more, there must be something different that I can relate to and be a part of. So let me ask you this. Tell us about Coruscant. Now, I'm going to start, start with the Critter Factor because a lot of people don't, they don't mention the critter factor, but people be thinking about it. So we were talking about the lizards the other day. And um, tell us about the critter factor. Tell us, you know, what what is the, what is it that you have to get used to um, living in Coruscant? Do I, am I saying that right, Coruscant? Yes, yes. Okay. And every, uh, you know, we're not from here, people are going to pronounce it different. So what I do, I learn to spell the country. So if you don't understand me, and I learn yes. what country is next door to it. Because okay. when I say Curacao, some people don't understand. So I say the ABC Islands. Then they say, oh, Aruba, Bimia, Carousel. Like, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Because they're right next door to each other. They call them the ABC Island. What was the B? Bimia. Bimia. Yes. So Aruba, Bimia, Carousel. They're right next. They, they all sit here. That's another reason I chose this region. Because okay. I want to travel. I can pop over to Aruba. From Panama, from Panama, I can go all over to Costa Rica. For not only outside the USA, it's cheaper to travel outside the USA, and we don't know that. 
-hmm. We don't know that. And I was fortunate enough to see my trip to Hawaii cost me way more than my move here. (laughs) (laughs) There's ways, guys, to do this inexpensively. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. You know, once we realize I was a five-star hotel person years ago. I just need a clean, safe place now. Okay. It don't have to be five stars. It just have to be clean right. and safe. Mm-hmm. And I'm good. And the biggest thing I found was just getting used to the lizards. They speak our language. They speak English, poppy mental, with uh-huh. Dutch and English. Okay. So that helped. When I went to Cartagena, you didn't hear English a lot. Mm-hmm. Not a Spanish. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. use American money to track. Yes. So that that those are the things that attracted me here. And the people, the people are beautifully, they care. They're very helpful. You don't feel like a stranger. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I supposed to be here for four weeks and then leaving for Panama. Mm-hmm. I had no intentions on getting an apartment here. Wow. Yeah. But that's that's nice. She's just flowing in life. So how how did you end up at Chorus My cousin. She was in Cartagena when I went to hang out. And Courtney's been doing this for quite a few years now. With four kids. She has right. five. The other one is old enough. But she travels with four kids and her husband. And I'm like, you know, you've been wanting to leave the country. She's giving, she said, come on over, cousin, hang out. And um, I'm like, what the heck? I have nothing else to do but sit in my bedroom and 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 and, and breathe. Get mm-hmm. up, pull your life back together, Deborah, because you're breathing so much. You wore your battery out in your pacemaker. Get your butt up and live again. Yes. And do your best to live again. It was hard. But when I got here, um, I told my cousin before I came, I'm going to hang out for three to four weeks with you. And I'm on my way to Panama. <laughs> and, I'm still here. Wow. So, so the lizards, the lizards are abundant. They're everywhere, like in Florida or? Yeah, they're actually more here because I lived in Florida for 13 years. I, back in the 80s, I guess this travel bug has been with me. I was, I got married in the early 70s and late 79, I told my ex-husband now that I said, John, with you or without you, I got to leave DC. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up in Florida. Uh-huh. And I stayed we stayed in Florida 13 years. And then that's when we divorced. And I left from Florida and went to Germany. And he okay. came back to DC. And and um because I stayed in Germany about six to eight months. And then, you know, I felt started feeling guilty with the kids. Yeah, you went back. You know? So so the lizards, um, and you know, because they you said they're all on the sidewalk, they're on the buildings, they're inside. What I've learned, Charlotte, if you want to live in paradise, you gotta put up with some things. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, but look, I realized the lizards run from us. Another thing in the States, we're not used to stray dogs. And I think you mentioned you don't have a bunch of stray dogs over there. No. No, I, oh, I don't I don't see a bunch of stray dogs in Panama. Oh my lord. They have never, I've never seen dogs so skinny because they, you know, they straight. That I had to get used to. Coming from the States, we're not used to seeing animals like this. A bull, goats, chickens walking the street with me. A so, bull? A bull. A bull. 
So I was going for a walk. Here I am worried about the stray dogs. I turned this corner. There's a bull. Oh yeah. my gosh. But check it out. It's a fence, but it's a little teeny wire fence, like a chicken fence. I'm like, oh God, what am I going to do? You're going to turn around? And I, I had to go past this bull to get where I wanted. So I stood there and I talked to the bull, look, I don't want you and I hope you don't want me. I got a plan. So what Carousel and Traveling has taught me, Charlotte, is to conquer fears. Yes. Good answer. Yes. I just talked I talked to the bull and said no. And guess I'm what? I'm learning that in Panama too. Huh? I'm learning that in Panama too. We have to. And guys, you don't realize how much you grow once you get rid of your fears. You're not I'm not gonna leave because of the lizards. And I'm bigger than the lizards. Yes, yes. And and I and you can win in a fight against one of them if you just have to. But you know, I agree, and I just decided that. You know, um, this is too, I like Panama too much to allow my experience here to be so dictated by things outside of my control. Like, yes, the number of geckos and, and stuff like that. You kind of see more geckos here than you do um, lizards. But, you know, glory to God, I pray it continues. I don't see a lot of geckos in, in, in and around my house. They only come out the evening. I call them baby dinosaurs. Some of them yeah. I call them. Are you sure they're not iguanas? I'm like, did Jurassic Park just land here or something, guys? <laughs> I know iguanas from Florida. They're a little bigger than this thing. But they're, wow. they, you know, they got the long tail. And um, I just have to tell myself, Deborah, when you see a lizard, I'm at the bus stop. They've started running across. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, don't run out in the street. Cars are bigger than the lizards. So yes. And much more yeah, and I just tell myself, this is paradise. Like you said, I'm not going to let things here. Nobody's, I'm safe, I'm free, I'm loved. What the heck? Get along with nature. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to let it run me away. Mm -hmm. You know, also the grocery store. This is, this was a Dutch influence place. So everything in the store pretty much is in Dutch unless you buy an American product. Mm. My first few weeks here, I'm lazy. I'm just going to buy American products. I don't feel like trying to translate and ask everybody what's sour, what, which is sour cream. Well, I speak of sour cream. No, half and half. Well, the American half and half was three times as much as what I pay at home. So I was uh, like, yes. oh, no, 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 no. Ask somebody in the store. So I'm running around. Is this half and half? I'm okay, and they're like, yes. I say, okay, is it low fat or is it regular? Because <laughs> I don't want low fat. So I now realize the grocery stores here have Wi Fi. Smart. You know why? Uh -huh. you, can cut on you can cut on the translator. Yeah. So yesterday was my first time using a translator to look at the food. Because yes. I said, I'm here, I'm going to live the culture. And I'm going to stop buying American expensive products. And I'm going to learn the products here by trial and error. You know? So what is the culture? What is the culture? How would you describe what you've learned so far about the culture in Carousel? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, and and I hate to, I hate to say a disclaimer when I say stuff like this, but we live in such a sensitive freaking world sometimes. Yes. Um, I never, ever been around. 95% African-Americans in my whole freaking life. That's yes. thriving. 
Yeah. And I love it. And I love wow. it. And I love it. It's just, it's, you know, so I would say it's two and a half percent Asians, two and a half percent Dutch, and the rest of us. Okay. So you're saying you're saying that there's a, a large, not African Americans, but the blacks Dutch. in Curacao. Karis, Karis, I don't, I don't know what you call them. I should, I, I, they're too far away. Um, Maybe Carisonians. Yes, that's here. Yeah. Okay. That's and you said they're thriving. Oh yeah. You know what I say that because in Cartagena, I didn't feel that about us. Okay. You know, you saw more poverty there. You don't see that as much here. At least I didn't feel that. And businesses, oh my gosh, they have the most gorgeous restaurants, Airbnbs that are owned by them. And I love making sure I stay away from Marriott and all that as much as possible. I like so to- So you can support the local brands. Oh yeah, I love, I, lo I love supporting local. Yes. Yes, as much as I, I can. Great. So, yes. I mean, what have you seen with regard to like the gentrification? You know, is it like, is it, um, is, is Curacao to the place where it's not so many foreigners moving in at this time that things are still reasonable and everything like that? Things are still reasonable. Now, I do see downtown area. They call, well, they don't call it downtown. They call it the center. Um, Marriott is going up. And um, you have a handful of American restaurants, but not that many, like mm -hmm. I saw in other places. You know, so I I I like the fact that they're not taking over here yet. Mm -hmm. You know, are they going to? You you know you know America puts. <laughs> yeah, they just got their freedom in 2010 from from the Dutch. I remember going to uh, Curacao. Um, my goodness, what year was it? It was probably it was 2000. Maybe I was there in 2000. And I, wow. I always wanted to go back. Um, and it was one of those things that, you know, when you go on a cruise and I say you get the sample places. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's that's how it was kind of in Coruscant. And when I got to Coruscant, um, I was just like over just one Dutch looking place after another. And I looked outside when we when we docked and I was like, I'm not going out there. I'm not even bothering oh, you, um, doing that today. Yep, I'm just gonna yep. stay on the ship and rest. And I I think I can remember seeing the Black Holocaust from the ship. Yes. Have you been there? Not yet, but I, I it's on my list. I've got a few music, black museums and stuff I'm gonna be hitting. Yes. Now, you remember the story. The name's Tula. Tula sounds familiar to you, a slave. Is, 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 it, a, is it a warrior woman? No, it's actually a man. That, okay. But it's a name Tula. Well, down here they have the most gorgeous monument to the slave history uh -huh. right on the water. And I don't know the whole culture, but a movie they I said. I think I saw it. Yes. Yes. And they said the movie, is actually it was my, it's my profile. I think it's still my profile picture that I'm using. Okay. It was so strong. It was just, it, 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 it touched me. And um, it's just, it, I don't know how to explain it in words, but the power you feel from being here, from seeing 
all of us. You know, I didn't feel this in America. I just didn't. It's funny that you say that because I've been wanting to go back and spend some time in, in, in the short, brief intro introduction that I had to Curacao made me very, very curious about their Black history. But I specifically, I hope you're not getting it mixed up with St. Lucia, but I feel like I specifically remember learning about a, a woman. They had a statue of her on the beach and she like led an army. Um, I need to find out more. I, I need to be reminded of who that was. Yes, yes. Now, I'm, I, I'll do some research as well, but the history here, it's just, it's phenomenal. You, well, Jonathan, I met Jonathan. Yes. Yes, Jonathan lived in Panama for a while. Yes. And he's been it's taking me thing. around. Yes, he's been taking me around showing me Curacao. Uh, is he still there? Yes, he said he'll be here for about three more weeks. Okay, okay. And then he doesn't know where he's going either, so I said I love it. See, Jonathan be like, yeah, he was in, he was in Panama, and he's like, hey, you know. I mean, if he got, and I think what it was is that he liked he liked Panama, but he didn't like being restricted. And like when when the COVID was really restricting his travel and everything like that, and then he said, "You know what? It's time for me to go because he he need to move around." And that's yeah. what's up. And Jonathan's yeah. in his seventies. Yes, he is, and strong as an yeah. ox, and move around. Yeah. I, I mean, we. Having a blast. And to tell a quick story. Jonathan is a um, retired librarian. He was a librarian at the Library of Congress. Yes. Okay. Was, so a photographer. was he a librarian or a photographer for that? Librarian. But okay. But he, he is a photographer. Yes. But photography, he said, is personal. He teaches kids in foreign countries. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was the most wonderful thing. We started talking about it. And then I said, you know, my uncle was the first black photographer to go in the White House. I said, even though he had to go in the black door, he was the first black wow. photographer. So I mentioned his name. I said, Samuel Courtney. Jonathan goes crazy. Wow. And I'm looking at him like, you don't know my uncle. My uncle died in the 90s, early 90s. Well, Jonathan described my uncle. So he says, let me make sure it's the same Courtney. He said, your uncle ever own a car? I said, no. He says, and we said at the same time, always on a bus with a bunch of cameras around his neck. He met my uncle in the 80s. Wow, small world. He said, my uncle taught him some photography stuff. My goodness. That is and awesome. Then I post a picture of him and I at a Jamaican restaurant. One of my girlfriends hit him and says, how do you know my cousin? Wow. When we say small world, it's a small world. It's small world. You so got to be careful. I mean, I've had people on the tour uh, that run into people that knew, you know, that know their family members. And it's like, how, how are you going to run into people that you know in Panama, Curacao? Yeah. You know, people don't think about, think that, that I'm going to have to have you back on the show because I really wanted, um, really wanted, we just, you know, talked about so many um, different things and we could talk about a lot more but I have to yeah. get ready to go but before you go you had mentioned to me about um, a camera detective a camera detecting device so tell me about that 
I've got this off of Amazon. It's under a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. This thing would detect if it's a bug in your room or camera, internet site. And I found out through them that hotels, Airbnbs are being bugged camera like crazy. Even in the shower, they have cameras in your shower. So you mm. and you probably and you're being streamed live, and people are paying to watch you. Mm. People are paying to watch you. See, I believe that because so mm-hmm. check your rooms. It's very important. GoPro, real simple. GoPro. Go get GoPro. one and use it. it is and so fun. it detects it detects cameras and books. Yes. Yes. Okay. And what was I tested it because I left my um I had my phone on. So I put it, my phone just started going crazy. And it was like, ah, it's saying that it, you know, I was recording. So you walk around the room and you you find it. You go in your shower. Don't forget to check the shower, guys. Because I was shocked to find out they have cameras that go in the shower, up in the shower head. But, you know, I mean, anything is possible today. So, you know, people, I guess it's something, especially people that go to a lot of Airbnbs and stuff, um, it's probably more prevalent in a private Airbnb than it would be like a, a, yes, at a a hotel taking that kind of risk, um, unless you just got some kind of maintenance person. Yeah, somebody that has access to the rooms that want to do something like that and you know what you you're you're exactly right so tell us tell us this um deborah you know you you you're amazing to watch online because you just you just flow and um is there a way that people can follow you to keep up with your journeys because once you leave coruscant you'll be going wherever that next place is um, yes. You know, you think in Panama right now, but it could be something else by the time you get to the end of that road. Could be somewhere else knowing me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. The best way to follow me is Facebook right now. I okay. am trying to get YouTube channel going. YouTube actually came to me and asked me to start using them more. And All right. I'm like, really? My content like this? Said, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we want to follow you. So, but Deborah Samuels, D-E-B-R-A. Samuels on Facebook, and under there you'll see, well, it's going to be hyphenated. Deborah Smyers, S-M-Y-E-R-S Samuels. Smyers, okay. Yes, I have two. I have a business real estate site, and um, the best to follow me on the personal site, Deborah Deborah Samuels on on Facebook. Deborah Smyers. Deborah Smyers Samuels. Samuel, yeah. that's the one. Okay, yes. on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. And also what I'll do is I'll put your link, um, you know, when we post this, I'll put your I'll put your link down that's, here too. And I appreciate you guys following me. I'm, look, guys, I, I, I'm going to say this before we end. Just know, if you really desire to do this, is this is the easiest thing I've pretty much probably done in my life, to pack up and say bye. That's cool. And it's an adventure. Get passports. Get, get your passport. Get your passport. Other than that, you just watching videos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I told my family, wherever I'm at, do not fly my body back to the freaking States. And if you don't come here and visit me, don't come here and pick up my ashes either. Mm. Boom. So cool is that? Boom. And this woman on Facebook for Christmas, she said, I'm done shopping. She bought her grandkids, five grandkids passports. That's what it. That's it. That's Bye. what I was pushing. Get your passport and know the gift that mm-hmm. keeps giving. It's, it's, it's not as expensive, guys, as you think. Because no. I don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's you not. Know? 
you need to plan your work and work your plan. And there's the great thing is we're in the era of technology and it can be done. And so I, you know, encourage people. And then, like you said, when you see, you know, single women able um, to do it, single women that are like self-admittedly not millionaires um, able to do it, it's like something that we need to consider. We do. I have got to go. But listen, thank you so much for being on um, the show. And I hope you make it to Panama soon. Um, I'll be there soon. Yeah, my girlfriend is turning seventy. A friend of mine is turning seventy in June, and I know Gay Pride is supposed to be happening around that time. So I've already got two people already like we we coming. I'm going home in May okay. to have this court changed. Yes. And on my way in Panama, I already know that. Okay, okay, I'm gonna keep the light on for you. Thank you, thank you so much, Deb. Thank you for all for all you do, Charlotte. Oh, thank you. It is my pleasure. This is the best job I've ever had. And, best and, job and, I've and, ever and, had. And you wear it well. Oh, thank you, Mama Sita. Okay, listen, have a good day. Gracias. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. And there you have it. I'm back. You know, um, wasn't that just the most interesting conversation? And listen, y'all, we did not cover half of the stuff that we could have covered. And so we definitely want to have Deborah back at some point to um to talk again. I just want to thank her again for her transparency. There's so much power. And sometimes you can't be. I get it. But when you can be transparent, um, you know, and and you have some discernment about it, like, you know, my story, I tell my story often and I tell my story when I'm led to tell it. You know, there are certain times you know, I don't, I don't tell it, but I know that me being transparent helps somebody. And so um, I hope that some of the information that she shared today with regard to her transparencies um, is able to help somebody. I mean, she's, she loves life. Um, she's traveling alone with some health complications. Um, so she's, she's very brave and she's walking out in faith. Um she says, okay to change your mind. And you know what? That's the truth. It ain't it's not being fickle. You need you need to change your mind, change your mind. You need to pivot, you pivot. Okay. This is our life and we just need to live it in the best way. Everything is not gonna always be cut and dry. Sometimes God leads me to something that I thought was for something and then find out I'm there for something else. Okay. So I have to be fluid enough to just walk in that. And um and and I that I have to give myself permission to change my daggone mind. So I like that word. I really do. And don't just think that because you've thought it all your life that you gotta continue thinking it. You know, I had um some beef the other day. I had some beef and red wine, honey. And I swear to you, I think that I don't I think it doesn't agree with me anymore. And I started thinking about it. I had a headache the next morning. And at some point, you got to say, you know what? Maybe things are changing. So I say that, you know, to you, maybe things are changing. Don't fight the feeling. Don't push back on that. Okay. Just just live in the flow of, of your life. Um, and so I hope that she makes it to Padua. <laughs> when she make that change, when she make that flow, she may just decide, oh, my goodness, Curacao is for me. And guess what? That's Okay. But I still hope she makes it to Panama. So, Deb, thank you so much for being on the show. 
I really do appreciate you spending time with me. You know, Deb is in also in the 60 plus Black women expats um, group that's um, headed up by Deborah Valley out of Texas. And Deborah, Deborah has just relocated or in the process right now of relocating to Ecuador. And um, she hosts this group, the 60 plus women group. And she has decided that she wants to see Panama and she wants um, the people in her group to see Panama as well. So she is actually inviting all women 60 and up. And, you know, you can be a little bit less too if you want to, if you're a woman and you want to come on this trip, that's going to be exclusively for women. Um, she is going to be um, hosting a private Black Expats in Panama cultural relocation tour, and it starts on April 15th. Um, she's asking that all seats be reserved by January 31st. So if you need information about that, you can hit me up or you can um, look for her page on Facebook, 60 plus Black Women Expats. Okay, not to be confused with anything else. Deborah Valerie is the, um, the owner and administrator of that group. And so anyway, hoping that... Um, uh, Deborah can be in that group or come out at some point um, to see to see us in Panama. I think she said she might be coming out later, later like May or June. Um, so you know, I always ask people what's their favorite song from like the seventies or eighties. And Deborah, she had a few, but the first one that came up was Brick House because she said you couldn't tell her nothing, baby. When Brick House was out, she said she was holding about hundred twenty eight pounds of muscle. I said, okay, girl. So I definitely want to play that one for her so she could just get all those great memories uh, back in her head. And uh, I'm sure that you will enjoy it as well. As always, I want to thank my main man, Daryl Spears, EV Conversations, Podcast Media, for producing this show and so many other things that he does and been working together for, for years with him. Check him out if you have a podcast that you're interested in doing or you're in doing or you need somebody to produce something for you. Um, and then, of course, always a shout out to Blackset uh, Radio. Wiley and Devin are just doing an amazing job uh, with the station. And I'm just very proud to be a part of that. Um, and then last but not least, you can find me, baby. You can find me at Black Expats in Panama everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, underscore TM on Instagram, um, Facebook, you know, I'm out there. I'm in LinkedIn. So just Google it. If you can't find me in particular, just Google Black Expats in Panama. We will come up everything that we're doing. So I'm going to go ahead and get on out of here. I will see you guys next week. And you know, you know it. You know it. I love you. I love you. I love you. And there is just absolutely nothing you can do about it. Check y'all out later. Peace and love, baby. <laughs>